Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ? Text lines are open 704-570-9610. So going into the break, I question why the Panthers are surprised at how advanced Bryce Young is at certain aspects of his game. And it was a little bit perplexing to me because I'm like, well, don't you know who you're drafting? But maybe he's been so impressive that even he's gone beyond their wildest expectations. So, Fiddy, let's play Dan Orlowski on the Pat McAfee show talking about this very subject. And then let's dissect. The, the kind of the phrase that kept getting shared with me about Bryce was, Elite processor, elite processor, elite processor. Mentally so much more advanced than everybody else. And I think even they are surprised with how mentally he advanced he is, both like football playbook-wise, football feel-wise, situational kind of understanding. Um, I don't think that – I think that the, the big takeaway that they have right now, Pat, is um, – they don't feel that there is a single part of his game that holds them back from unloading their whole playbook. And that's so rare for a rookie quarterback. You know how it is. Sometimes you, you give them 20% or you, hey, we're going to pare down our game plan for the young kid. There's not a single thing. It's actually the opposite. They honestly think that because he's so good mentally, they can expand their playbook to what it has been. Um, and that's kind of taken them by surprise. So when I heard this, I was just like, man, like, again, I asked, didn't they know who they were drafting? But maybe he's been so impressive because if I felt like that this was going to happen when he got here, I'm not surprised by any of this at all. Everything he said, I thought was going to happen. And maybe that's just me. But why do you feel like the Panthers are surprised just at how advanced he is as a processor? Well, because I'm sure they have a rookie plan coming in no matter what QB they were going to draft. And because you don't want to start with all of the different plays that you might have in an expanded playbook and then him not be able to do that, it's easy and smart to start at stage one. If you want to overload any rookie QB, even the smart guy that is Bryce Young that had the elite S2 test scores and the elite processing, even with him coming in, isn't it better to be pleasantly surprised after asking him to no do doubt. stage one? So that's the way you do this. I think actually a really good way to mess up any good feeling you have about the number one pick is to try to overload him with content him not be able to handle it because it's really hard, even still going from the Alabama level to the NFL level and them, him not necessarily understand what's going on as much have to dial it back. All right, then we can go. No, let's just start at stage one, no matter who you are. Anthony Richardson is going to have different stage one, uh, different stage one type of plays that you're going to have. Bryce Young going to be the same CJ Stroud. The Texans are going to look at what he does. Well, at least a smart 
organization. They're going to look at what he does well, and they're going to put that into stage one of the playbook. So it's great that Bryce is on a little bit of a faster timeline. Maybe they just felt that this expanded playbook would happen week one of the regular season once they got to the preseason, and then they could start to play with that stuff. But here, right now, I think Carolina's... Honestly, Wes, this is more evidence to me that shows Carolina's handling this the perfect way, no matter what quarterback they drafted at number one, even with the smart guy. Yeah, and I get it that you can say, all right, well, we're going to bring him in and go stage one no matter what. But then, after you've been around the guy, vetted him as much as you have, talked to so many coaches, players, and then, like I said, just spending time with said player, you would think that even there would be conversations to where you say, okay, we're going to start at stage one with this kid, but I already know that he's going to chew through this and going to be on the next level in no time. And so I guess that's why for me, I was just like, I knew that he was going to come in and be doing all these things. Now, that's not to say I should be a GM or a scout in any shape, form, or fashion. But just my thoughts of Bryce Young, everything I knew from him, I'm not surprised in the least bit that he's come in. And they're even talking about that they can not only run all of the plays they currently have, but expand and be more creative to do some more things that they want to do because he's been just that good. So how exciting, and you can text in, as we said, 704-570-9610, how exciting is this for Panthers fans that you have a rookie that you can come in, you don't have to be limited. This is a guy I truly feel like you don't have to give him the speech or just don't lose the game. You don't have to tell him that. And this is the guy, as I said, that they feel like they can add on to what they already have. I mean, that's that's got to be a high, high compliment for a rookie kid like him. It's what we, I don't know if we expected this type of timeline. Maybe some people did. This was the draw. Anthony Richardson, you draft him because he's as good an athlete at the QB position we've ever seen. C.J. Stroud, you draft him because his accuracy, even if it wasn't the most sophisticated playbook in the world, his accuracy was top-notch. He had among the best throwing drills at the combine we've ever seen from a QB prospect. His pro day was great. He has the prototypical size at QB. There are reasons to draft different guys at number one. The reason to draft Bryce, not only just the production, but it's because he had the elite processing, and it probably was a little bit of a faster timeline for him to jump into the NFL. And Carolina is still exploring that, and also they're not taking that for granted because it goes back to the point I just made. I'd rather you show you can read at a first grade level before we jump up to a fifth grade level instead of just starting at a fifth grade level all right that's a little too presumptuous let's get this thing back down to third second okay we each pass every test when you start over a mario game you got to go back at level one unless you have something <laughs> saved right well we don't have anything saved yet with bryce this is a new game for bryce and so that's why i like going through all these levels before we get to the I top i started over a game this weekend did you rage quit yes I think we've had this conversation before. I didn't know rage quitting was still a part of your repertoire. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I've been trying. I have a machine that has all the these old games on it, and I've been trying to win the Super Bowl on Super Tech Mobile for the <laughs> better parts of a few months now. And, um, yeah, I saw that the game was not going to go in my favor, and the defense on Tech mm-hmm. Mobile is just god-awful, so... Did you throw a controller? I did not throw it. I wanted to. But you're just cursing. I did end up making it to the Super Bowl, though. I rolled Bo Jackson all the way to the Super Bowl and then lost to my night. Wait, I, I do have a question, and it is, I'm sorry if it is a little bit clowning you. Yes. I have not played Tecmo Bowl like that. Yes. A little bit earlier for me. Uh-huh. It seemed like if you had Bo Jackson, though, mm-hmm. you should win the Super no, Bowl. No, no, no. Am I wrong on this? Yes. 
Because I've seen Bo Jackson run back and forth and back and forth before scoring a touchdown, yeah, just playing with guys do running some for cute stuff like that. But now, when when you start getting up into the nitty gritty of the playoffs, man, they'll make you fumble. They make turnovers happen. Uh, guys catch you. The defense starts guessing your plays. Clown show. Little, yeah, do you do anything else besides give him the football every I, time? I ran him. Marcus Allen fumbled twice in one game. I stopped giving him the ball. Jay Schrader <laughs> was throwing picks. And these are great. Yeah. These so, are great names. Yeah, I got all the way there and uh, lost to my Niners. I tried to win it with my Niners, but I couldn't do it. Um, what is... <laughs> It, it just seems like you, it's almost like losing to Glass Joe. Is it is is it that bad? Well, you know, man, Tech Mobile, especially if you guess a run play and they run a pass play, everybody's running open. Mm-hmm. So they're going to probably throw a touchdown. But then once they break out, especially if you're playing a fast player like Barry Sanders or something like that, when they break out in front of you, man, the defense, they stop nobody. Uh, I want to know the last time everyone rage quit. I'm trying to think of the last time. I've gotten over it for the most part, but there was one time. It wasn't me who did this, but Mm -hmm. I was down three touchdowns to one of my friends playing NCAA Football 06, my favorite video game of all time. I got three straight onside kicks in a row, and I was down three touchdowns. I won, and you talk about hot. I would imagine anybody would be real angry after losing that. The time I got real mad, do you remember the rushing uh the rushing mini game yes. where you could just, I had Brian Calhoun mm-hmm. for you, Wisconsin fans out there, okay. deep cut Brian Calhoun at running back. Mm-hmm. I forget what my buddy had, but because of the way that it's a little slow handing the football off to you, oh, you was getting if they don't run into one of the offensive du- line dummies uh-huh. that move into position, then you're just getting truck sticked before you even get the football. Right. <laughs> so there's nothing you can do. And so there was one time where I got held to negative rushing yards in a mini game because the buddy was so good at anticipating, dodging the dummies, and then just destroying me. I mean, furious, <laughs> cursing at a younger age. It was real bad. That's the last time I raged. Hey, so getting trying to get the bus back on track real quick we're up against the break. But talking about Bryce Young and staying with, uh, you talk about getting destroyed, the Panthers trying to have the correct plan for him between now and training camp to get some weight on him, get that frame to maybe where they wanted to be, have him a little bit thicker before he gets into training camp. And he said that he trusts the strength and conditioning staff. And he just went on to say that they're sending out workouts to everybody and that he hasn't had a chance to look at his yet, but he's going to follow their directions and whatever they have for him, he's going to do. So based off some of the things we've heard, and I know training staff and strength and conditioning are a little bit different, but still kind of they marry into the same family. Do you think that the Panthers will have the right plan for Bryce Young and getting his body to where they want it to be? Everything Carolina has done this offseason has shown that they are going through the process at an excellent level. If Bryce Young had been the known number one pick for quite some time, I'd imagine even before they drafted him, They were already working on a process to make sure his body was going to be right to go through an NFL regular season. I have no reason to doubt what they've done this offseason. Previous offseasons, for sure. You would not get the benefit of the doubt. That goes to David Tepper. That goes to certainly Matt Rule, who was there. And even Scott Fitterer. Being someone at the top of this organization, at least when it comes to making these football decisions, there was reason to doubt him. It does seem like they've turned a new leaf, and I feel very good about 
making sure or understanding they have a lot of competence going into this convo. Yeah, I feel good about Carolina putting Bryce Young on the right track. And this is what Bryce said, quote, for me, I trust the strength and conditioning staff here. We have an amazing strength staff that I've had the pleasure to work with and will continue to work with throughout the season. They did a great job. What is interesting is that you have such a completely different body type with Bryce than you did Cam Newton. The other great thing is they don't have the same athletic training staff that they did with Cam. When everyone was questioning them more than any other training staff that I can remember, I mean, it was always weird to have some of the questions floating about the way they did around Carolina at that time. And some of those guys go up to Washington. We know about the Ryan Vermillion-led staff there. Now there was actually some off-the-field type of stuff going on with Vermillion. But you have something new, completely new. Yeah, I I feel good, but it is interesting, the dichotomy, the 100% difference in, oh, Cam, this physical freak in 2011 to somebody questioned because of his size at number one here in 2023. Yeah, I think that they will. It's just my main thing is I don't want them to be so worried about putting weight on him that he ends up getting too big for his size. I don't and when I say that I mean just getting to the point to where his body isn't used to carrying as much weight as maybe they want to put on him. And I know now with all the technology and the sports science and stuff that they can figure out exactly what will be an ideal weight for him. I just wouldn't want him to get to the point where maybe you see some injuries and knickknack stuff because he puts on a little bit too much weight and more than his body's used to handling and playing and moving around in. I don't know if this is fair. But the feeling I always got, too, was in past years, Carolina seemed to bring back guys a little bit too early. Right. That's why why that whole question was brought up. (laughs) They wanted to roll with Dante Jackson. The guy could never get healthy enough. They wanted to roll with Cam Newton. Cam Newton, this is before the Matt Rule regime, by the way. So you have different things a part of this. Really? Cam Newton. What do you, with Cam Newton? Well, because I I remember you used to talk about how Matt Rule felt like you made, he wanted guys to play hurt. With Ron, I feel like they were always pretty careful with bringing dudes Oh, back. but with Cam, there was plenty of question marks surrounding him. But, I mean, he's the quarterback, and he was the heart and soul of your team. Like, you had to have Cam on the field. See, I, I use it. You can go both sides. Because Cam is the heart and soul for your team, isn't that the exact type of guy you want to protect for the long term? Because if you're too short-sighted and you want to bring him back because this game matters so much, well, then, if this game matters, doesn't the rest of them? And if he's not ready to go for the rest of them because you're short-sighted and bring him back too soon and increase that risk of getting hurt, then I don't know what kind of sense that makes. I think this is the regime. I mean, you, don't, you don't have to give them the benefit of the doubt. It would make sense based on the previous two. But because of everything they've done this offseason, I think it's fair to say, okay, I like what they've done. They've known they're going to get a smaller body QB. They've had to have something in the works as far as preserving him as long as possible. I'm going to understand that this team knows exactly what they're getting into via the player and via his health. And so that's why the benefit of the doubt is there for me. Yeah, no doubt about it. And when we come back on the Wes and Walker show, we're going to talk NBA free agency. And Gilbert Arenas gives Hornets fans another reason to get excited about Brandon Miller. This is the Wes and Walker show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Mike, Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We were talking about video games in the last segment. KG, Wolfpack Gilby. He wrote it on Twitter, at Wesson Walker. San Francisco had a cheat play that could not be stopped. You just hit Taylor across the middle every single time. I guess he's talking about Tech Mobile with yes, you talking about is. that. So you would think with you being a San Francisco fan that you would just run the Taylor across the middle play every that time. That doesn't work. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> is he just better? Is K, does KG Maybe just so. have it He might out? be, man, because I actually did start exploring uh, Tech Mobile stuff like that, and I saw tournaments and some guy that's the greatest Tech Mobile player in the world. I was checking that stuff out. I was exploring. So what brought you back to Tech Mobile? How long have you been playing this? I need an outlet, man. We were at Myrtle Beach, and I just saw they had a um, – um, you know, out in those those uh, the sales people that are in the middle of the mall, and so oh, okay. they had the system out playing it. And then I asked her, did it have Tech Mobile? Because I still love to play that every now and again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you have one that has this on it? And she was like, yeah. And then once she had it, I was like, sixty bucks, and it has like four hundred games in it. It's so crazy. I don't picture you as a weak person when it comes to that. <laughs> if you want something, then you'll just go ahead and buy it. But you got to have the right deal. I get all of it. Right, but. How often do those get you? Those pop-up stop, uh, stops in the mall? Uh, most of the time, stuff in the middle of the mall doesn't get me too much. I mean, I used to do it when I sold phones, and it was uh, not right. a fun experience. So you know the game. Yeah, not a fun experience. Because, like, the sneaker guys at Concord Mills, man, I, I love them, man. And they're learning good sales techniques yeah. by approaching people. But sometimes it gets annoying because I had a kid uh, this weekend that just walked up on me too close and was like, hey, bro, hey, boss, let me, let me clean. And I was like... Nah, man. I was like, I'm good. I'm like, you don't walk up on me like that. I can be, I can be weak, but now the way that I handle it, and I feel awful. But you just have to say, this is what I roll with. No, thank you. I appreciate it though. And then keep on walking, no yes. matter what they or say. I act like I'm on the phone. Ah, oh, yeah. I hate. It. I feel so rude because you're just blowing someone off. Like, no, nah, I'm yeah, good. Don't talk to is. me. It, it feels awful. But they know the game. But you gotta move on. Yeah. Because I will get. <laughs> I will get caught up. If you if you catch me twice, if I do a look back, damn, they reeled me in. Right. I bit the lure. Right. Or you feel bad because you don't want to hurt their feelings. You're I know. Like, I here working hard. Let me I know. Give them a little bit of time. I know. But see, you probably do even worse. You probably go and talk to them and then don't buy what they're selling. That I'd is, rather you just keep going. Well, yeah. Well, let me. <laughs> Let me. I'm trying because I'm not going to spend money. Yeah, don't money. come over here and act like you're going to buy something and I'm then gonna, you don't. I'm going to act like, oh, okay, that's interesting, even though it wasn't. Right. I'm going to look at the on the product. I'm going to read the back, yeah, even though all I'm doing terrible. is just glossing over it. And I'm going to be like, tough decision, even though it's not. <laughs> yeah, man, let's get you it. out of here, man. That's what I'd say. So let's get you out. Just keep on pushing. Go get you a chicken sandwich or something. <laughs> Big Cat Dan <laughs> wrote in about the video game conversation. Big Cat Dan said, Madden 94 against my best friend he had the bears i had the houston oilers i got the lead with seconds to go kicked the ball off he was running it back for a touchdown and i cut the game off mid return (laughs) are you just getting hands immediately from the person that was about to win no but you gotta you gotta be cursing though you're gonna be like yo man or you or sometimes if it's your homie you're gonna laugh because you know you had the game won anyway so you're just gonna laugh but to not see it official yeah it's pretty tough Mm -hmm. i had so one of my best friends had a little brother they always got in fights it was just classic stuff finally the little brother was about to beat my friend and i remember exactly the teams it yeah. was pittsburgh and atlanta yeah. okay it was going to be a monumental moment yeah little brother about to beat his big brother cole who had alan rossum the return man for the falcons wow. against pittsburgh 
brought back the last kick return of the game, scored a touchdown. Little brother screams, screams at the <laughs> highest pitch he possibly could, grabbed his older brother's finger and bent it all the way back. Wow. That angry, like real rage. It was about to happen and just couldn't handle it anymore type of stuff. An infamous story. Listen, that those are huge moments, man. Listen, the first time I beat my cousins that used to beat the brakes off of me was on a Hail Mary on the original Tecmo Bowl, and I won on a last-second Hail Mary. That is a huge moment in a kid's life when you're the kid that gets beat on all the right. time and you finally get that dub. And if it gets taken away from you in that fashion. Oh, yeah, that's awful. He deserved it, Ray. He should have broke his finger. Well, he almost did. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I mean, it was real bad. It was really that close. <sighs> Casey Steve wrote in a little while ago. He said, yeah, I rage quit last night after giving up a ninth inning walk-off to Mike Trout in a playoff series in MLB The Show. What's funny is that Fitty <laughs> wrote back, I was waiting for this to be a dig of my Mets, LMAO. And then, you know, it, it just it kind of went Sometimes into Sometimes I have integrity. Hatred. I'll go back and simulate it to make me lose, though. I'd be like, I was going to lose the game, so I'm like, I know I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be like that. I try to have a little bit of integrity. That's good of you. All right. I did want to get to the other nonsense conversation just real quickly because I don't know what got us on this. We were talking about haircut stories. Yes. I think this is what it was. It was us talking about the San Antonio Spurs. Mm -hmm. Fitty said, Manu Ginobili, as a white man, gave me hope that I could possibly play one day in the NBA. And then I talked about him having a big old bald spot in the back of his head. We started talking about bad haircuts. Okay. So I don't know why that was important, but it was to me to relay that to the people. But I have one when I was little, my mom used to give me a bowl cut. So I had the bowl cut when I was a kid, whatever, right? You're only five years old. Everybody has that. But the real bad haircut story I had one time was in high school. My mom said, I can cut hair like I've done it before. I can take care of it. I was real hesitant, but I also didn't want to get into argument. It's like, mom, it's okay. I just, can we just go to great clips? Can we just go ahead and have somebody do it professionally? Well, Walker, it's fine. Like I've cut hair before. Just sit down and I'm going to cut your hair. And I'm done. Like I was going to lose that. Might as well just go ahead and take my lumps. I get my hair cut. I look into the mirror and something seems off, but I can't quite figure out what it is. It wasn't leveled all that much, whatever. So I walk in to school the very next day. I was either, I think it was a freshman in high school. And so already high school, right? The worst thing ever. I walk in. And immediately, one of my best friends, Delano, shout out to him for calling me out, said, dude, you ain't got no sideburns. What's up with that? I was like, that's it. I couldn't figure it out because it looked like a bow cut. I don't know what it is about my mom cutting hair. She does not want you to have sideburns, but she took it away when I was five. Cool. She took it away when I was 14. I came back. I was like, mom. I'm sorry. Please let me get it professionally done. We don't got to spend a lot of money. But she was getting rid of those. Did your man say that in front of everybody or did he say it just like I think down the hall, there wasn't a whole group of people standing around us. But he said, what happened to your side? You got to take me to the side. I mean, they were off. Blow me up. They they were gone. It wasn't like trimming them down or anything like that. No, they were completely off and it wasn't really all that level. And so it wasn't crazy bad. It wasn't chunks of my hair missing. It was just. You look like five-year-old Walker again wow. with the bow cut. And I know you have a haircut story before we move on to well, actual serious stuff. Well, this was uh, part of our hazing at the University of Florida. The uh, upperclassmen, one day we were hanging out after practice, and then I believe uh, Alex Brown came in and a couple of other guys. The flipped, Alex flipped. Brown? Yes. Super yes. Bowl defensive end? Yes. Like, really good yes. with Chicago? Mm-hmm. Not the real all AB. Yeah, the team when I was at Florida yeah. was loaded. I like Every, Alex every Brown. guy... Okay. 
on that team was uh, playing the NFL, the starters. Yeah, Alex anyway. Brown, even Rex Grossman, right? Yeah, he came. In, yes, <laughs> he came in there with the Clippers and said, "Come on." He was like, come on. And everybody <laughs> knew what time it was. And so what they did was to make us, to force us to go bald, instead of shaving us bald, they just cut just various lines, patches in our hair just to make it look wild. We had to go Dang around uh, before practice with those hairdos, and then after practice, uh, immediately cut the hair because you were not walking around with that cut. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> Alex Brown, who knew that you were hazed by Alex Brown? Yeah, he hazed me in front of my mom one time, too. My mom was tight. She wanted to run down on him. I was I was exactly going to ask that same yeah, question. Yeah, she wanted to run down on him. But I was just like, nah, mine's good. Yeah, please. That Well, does it... The thing is, I don't know if it would make it worse. If Because I would imagine Mama Brian is a legitimate threat. Yeah. And so, usually you don't want your mom to come in and fight those types of battles. Yeah. And maybe you would get clowned a little more, but also they wouldn't understand where Mama Brian stands. Yeah, and he, yeah, he definitely would. They just had me like take a... <laughs> They, they put some hot sauce, put a little bit of hot sauce, and then they tap you on the chest or whatever. And I mean, I just did it and took it, kept going on my way. Tap bro. you on the chest? What is that? Yeah, like they'd like give you a little shot to the chest after you take the couple drops. Oh, of hot sauce. gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Did it hurt? No, I didn't. I just took it and kept going because we were getting ready to go weak. somewhere. My mom was like, I don't like that he did that. Yeah. I, was like, just, uh, I was like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Just leave it alone. All right. 704 Well, they didn't trash our room either, but they trashed. Some other people's rooms? Yes. Yeah. All right. 704-570-9610. We're learning a lot about Alex Brown in Florida. <laughs> we can get some bad haircut stories a little bit later. Maybe we can read some of those on the other side of the break. I did want to talk a little more about the Charlotte Hornets. And one of the big talking points, this entire pre-draft process, as soon as Mark Tatum revealed the Hornets logo with them picking at number two, it was going to be all about who was making the pick, who had final say between Michael Jordan and and Mitch Kupchak. And Wes, we even discussed it right after his presser at 2 o'clock on Friday. I'm not sure if we ever really got clarity. It was always weird. And maybe there's clarity with the vague description. Michael Jordan has final say. And with that final say, he gives me the final decision. I guess that's what he was trying to display, but I had no clue what was going yeah, on over there, man. thought it was the voluntary mandatory. I don't know about you. I'm excited to move on from the discourse of is it Mitch's pick or is it Michael's pick? And really it's the latter because it's always been a Michael thing ever since he's taken over with the Charlotte Bobcats that then turned into the Charlotte Hornets. I am excited once the sale is official, once we get through free agency and it's Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall as your leading governors. I'm very excited to not have that in the background of the discourse. Maybe it happens with Gabe. Maybe it happens with Rick. Who knows, right? At least you have two guys leading the charge, and it's a little bit more of an open discussion. Where Michael has sole control if he wants it, I'm very excited to move on from that discourse because it's just been so annoying in the past. Yes, it has. And so regardless of the fact, each one of them is going to take some of the blame if the pick doesn't work out or if it does. But I know that Michael Jordan being the brand that he is, I've seen a lot of articles. I've had people hit me up saying that uh, they generally give him all the credit for this pick, good or bad, because a lot of people are saying this is his lasting mark on a franchise as he sold his majority stake. And so uh, it, it is just aggravating, regardless of the fact the Charlotte Hornets, regardless of which individual person made the selection, the Charlotte Hornets chose Brandon Miller. There's no do-overs. You can't go back after 10 or 15 games and say, oh, okay, we want Scoot instead. So I'm just going to put it on the entire team. And if this pick 
doesn't work or it does work, yeah. then the entire team will get the credit. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful situation for them to be in. They could just flip it however they want to. If Scoot works out, well, you know, that was the old regime selection. We're going to move on. We're going to try to build the roster from here. But if it works out with Brandon, hey, I'm just glad that we had our opinion. I'm glad Michael decided to take it. You could spin it any way you want to. I did want to play you that audio. Let's go back. We were supposed to go in the first segment. Mitch Kupchak did speak on Friday discussing the vetting process ultimately how this was MJ's decision, but he also trusts Mitch to make it. It takes a while to vet out, you know, um, all your opinions as a group to discuss, have spirited conversations. You know, I think that's good. I welcome, you know, somebody else's viewpoint, maybe something I didn't notice or I didn't think about. I think Michael, and I mentioned this earlier, I think in years past he's done that on purpose with me. You know, even though he knew who I might want to draft, he would always at the last, the 11th hour, come in and say, well, you know, Mitch, did you ever think about this guy? I like this guy. And it took me a couple of years to figure out that he didn't really like that guy. Okay, he just wanted to create dialogue to get me talking, right? So I welcome that. And as a group, we, we did have, you know, as I mentioned, you know, with some new voices, I mean, that can't be denied there are going to be new voices going forward right uh, at the end of the day um, Michael make makes the decision uh, he points at me and he allows me to make this decision and he gives me the authority to make that decision of course going forward that that will change right at some point but that's how it was this past week if it was Mitch's final decision then wouldn't you just come out and say I have the final decision right it would just be so much more simple. But instead, he's very careful to say, Michael has the final decision, and then he gives me that final selection. I just, it's a really weird way to say, yep, I'm the guy making the pick. And maybe that's because he's actually not the guy making the final pick. Right. And it, again, we said it sounds like voluntary mandatory where Mike comes in and says what he says and then puts it on Mitch. And then, like he just said, just now when Mike comes in and wanna have dialogue and get Mitch talking. I feel like, again, that Mike kind of tells them who he likes. They figure this thing out, and then he wants to see what Mitch is going to do, I guess, to see maybe if they're on the same thought process as to who they like. And so uh, it, it was just saying a whole lot to get to the point that we all know what time it is. It is Michael's pick at the end of the day because we know that if he were to pick someone against probably who Mike wanted, that might not turn out so great, especially if the player was not a really good player. Not a final parting selection for Michael, like the last one. The the last leg, legacy shot you have, it's going to be at the hands of one Michael Jordan. I did want to get to why Fiddy had his head buried in his hands while we were listening to that soundbite. What are your thoughts on Mitch Kupchak's comments there? I can't wait for this all to be over with. And maybe Mitch Kupchak will just come out and say, guys, I was hamstrung by a bad owner for the last five, six years I was the GM. Because and maybe y'all disagree. I listened to his press conference on Thursday after they drafted Brandon Miller. I dropped to his press conference later that night after the draft was over. Then, of course, we aired the presser on Friday. I don't think Brandon Miller was his pick. But how can he say that with his boss being the greatest ever play of the game is sitting there telling him, yeah, and how do you admit it took me a while to figure out he didn't really like that guy. He just wanted to create a dialogue. Then why'd you still draft him? It's, 
I'm not a Hornet fan, but I sympathize with all of you that that have poured your heart hmm. and soul on this fan base because or that franchise. There's no way I could have tolerated that over the last five to six years. I think a lot of people feel that same way. I know Doug on Locked On Hornets. He is the one that also said, I feel like Mitch Kupchak wanted Scoot Henderson. Yes. Doug got that same type of messaging. Yeah. Did you get any of that indication? Uh, maybe not to that extent, but I just felt like it was, again, uh, Mike telling him who he wants to pick with a wink, wink, and a nod, nod. Yeah. And there's no tomorrow for Mitch. You know, because once these new owners take over, I, somebody did write in the text line a little while ago that Mitch did say he wants to see this thing through. And so maybe that does mean he wants to be a part of the organization. I don't, well, I don't know if it's going to happen, though. I would imagine Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, you'll let Mitch Kupchak be the GM. You'll let Steve Clifford be the head coach, depending on their win-loss record, what they want to do after this season. I think they'll keep these guys at the head, and then they'll move on from them. At, at least Mitch. I, Steve Clifford has a shot to, yeah. to win this thing over. I just think you'll probably move on from a guy that is 70 years old. Even with some of the conversation we've had about that very thing when Michael was the lead governor. So we'll see how it all takes place. I did want to get to the second Fitty Flash. Let's go ahead, Fitty. What you got? Fitty. All right, dudes. I walked into the fishbowl this morning and I walked into Hoggart's office and said, hey, Welcome to baseball purgatory because his Reds lost two of three over the weekend to the Braves. The Braves snapped Cincinnati's 12-game winning streak, their longest since 1957. And in the process, Atlanta became the first team in the National League to win 50 games. And additionally, the Minnesota Timberwolves gave center uh, Nas Reed a $42 million extension over the weekend. Walker, they have now invested... $443 million into their trio of centers of Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and the aforementioned uh, aforementioned Reed. In a day and time where the game is played uh, in the backcourt, Minnesota's literally gone big in 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 the front court. Yeah, I really like Nas Reed. I think this is a fair contract, but you're right. They have invested a lot of money into what you have at the center spot, and I think it is entirely possible that they could be looking to get out the contract of Carl Anthony Towns and making this Anthony Edwards team outright. That's a very interesting scenario to me, especially after you gave up four first-round picks to go get Rudy Gobert. I wonder if each of these three players, especially with Rudy and Cat, because Nas can play a little bit of power forward and then even go back out to the perimeter. He can shoot well. But the whole Rudy Gobert cat fit, I wonder if they're going to give up on that sooner than later and just go with, okay, Ant, it's your team, and this is your other very good center you're going to work with. Yeah, they need to do something because I feel like half the time I don't know what Minnesota is trying to do with their roster, man. It seems like they make all these moves and none of them seem to work. It's been like that for a long time of their franchise's history. (laughs) When you say it can always be worse for Charlotte Hornets fans, you can point to Minnesota for a lot of times. Now, they did get to the Western Conference Finals. That's great with KG, but it's also not been a very good franchise up there in Minnesota. All right, let's go to, yeah, it's here. It's Mount Rushmore season. Wes has been doing Mount Rushmore best QBs in ACC history. He's going to go through every single position. We're going to do this every Monday and Friday. And so we're going to lead off with the best ACC QBs of all time. The top four on Wes's Mount Rushmore. And then we can criticize it and ridicule it all we want to. That's right. It's coming up next. Wes and Walker (laughs) Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Mount Rushmore season, it's here. We got fire fizzle. We have 50 flashes. We have visit to the mounds. We have all sorts of stuff. And now we have Mount Rushmore for the ACC. Different positions. We're going to give you one on Monday, one on Friday. This will be something that lasts because you're going like not just defensive line. Not are you going defensive end and then D tackle? No, we didn't you... break those down. The only okay. position we really broke down was corners and safeties. Okay. So we have a lot of positions to get to. Mm-hmm. And what better way to lead off? Than going with the best QBs, the top four uh-huh. QBs in ACC football history. With that, not in any order, because that's how we dodge the ordering. That's how we dodge rank radio. It's by just throwing four at you. Throwing four. Not telling you who is the best, but we just give you four of the best in whatever category you're discussing. Just go ahead and give us a taste, Wes. Who is the first guy on the mountain that you are chiseling of ACC QBs? All right, so you guys can check all this out at the ACCDN on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, we got great content, great videos, nostalgia for you. And so when we picked these teams, the, the main thing was, oh, pick these Mount Rushmores. Wanted them to be very credible as far as did they make some type of uh, time team? Like, did you make an all-century team, an all-time team, an all-decade team, something like that? We kind of started there and then went to the biggest of big accolades, Heisman, Lombardi's, Nagurski, stuff like that. Then championships or any other records that you have that might just be gaudy. So I'll tell you all that just to let you know uh, where we were coming from with these rankings. So to start it off, we went chronological order in the videos from when you were in school. Charlie Ward, who actually liked what we did and commented on it. And he's so humble, man. He says, thanks for the props. Like you're a college football God. And he takes out the time to recognize what we did and said, thanks for the props. Okay. So Charlie Ward. His credits were, uh, he was the second team ACC all-time team for ESPN, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner, and a 1993 national champion. National champion and a Heisman winner is going to get you on the list. Sure. One season achieving both of those feats, I don't have any problem with Charlie Ward making the list. Yeah, and he was also a two-time ACC player of the year uh, as well. So, Well, I was going to ask how much of this is kind of the OG Athlete, not OG, I guess, mm-hmm. but one of the first athletic QBs to be able to attain this type of accolade where you're winning a championship and when you're able to win a Heisman Trophy. Yeah. And look, I'm not the oldest dude in the world, so maybe I'm not thinking back <laughs> pre-1993 when uh-huh. all of this happened. But I would say, yeah, now you have athletic quarterbacks taking over a little more so, but Charlie Ward does feel like he one of the first of to time. be there. Yeah. yeah, he was ahead of his time. And you talk about the spread, fast break offense that FSU instituted at that time. Not a lot of teams were doing that either. Uh, second quarterback going right back to Tallahassee, Jameis Winston. 
Okay, won his first 26 starts as starting quarterback. That's an NCAA Division I record right there, what he did. Then also won the Heisman and the National Championship in 2013. You want to get to some of the stats. He's the ACC's all-time leader in pass efficiency. He's top five, I believe, in yards per game. So uh, Jameis had all the things that you can want, but I thought that 26-start stat was very impressive. And uh, also just a Heisman and a natty. Yeah, Heisman natty to take over the scene in 2013 the way he did. Fiddy gave you a stank face, but let's hear the other guys on this <laughs> list before we go to Fiddy's opinion on James Winston. Uh, next up, Deshaun Watson. Uh, he was first team ACC all-time team, according to ESPN. Two-time Heisman Trophy finalist. He was a 2016 CFP uh, final offensive MVP, also won the championship. We know about the two college football playoff runs that he had. He was absolutely outstanding, put Clemson back on the map, won a national championship at a school that I certainly didn't think in my lifetime I was going to see get back on top the way uh, that they had. So Deshaun Watson's the next guy. Deshaun has to be there. There's no doubt. In my opinion, he's the greatest ACC player ever. He really might be, and I have no problem with that. Deshaun Watson, to me, he's got to be on this list. Now, you've gone Ward, Winston, and Watson. Do you yes. have another W surname, or are you going in a different direction? Wes, who is the final member of all. the Mount Rushmore? You know him. He got paid this summer. We talked about him a lot. Maybe he could have been a Carolina Panther at some point. LJ8, Lamar Jackson, straight out of Florida, youngest Heisman Trophy winner ever in 2016. He was on the ACC's 21st century team, according to Bleacher Report, and a two-time ACC player of the year. We know top three in the ACC all-time in total yards, TDR. Uh, Lamar was that guy. I don't have a problem with any one of these selections. Yeah, man. I mean, I felt this was fairly easy. I don't have a problem with but any of them. we got honorable mentions, too. That might rile some people up, too, as to why mm -hmm. these players weren't maybe ahead of some of the other guys, but I, it is hard to replace. I want to go with Fiddy because he had a stank face to Jameis Winston, and he was <laughs> thinking about Lamar Jackson being in there in the top four. Mm -hmm. Fiddy, what is the problem that you have? All right, so there's no Trevor Lawrence missing, or there's no Trevor Lawrence on this Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the first egregious mistake. And then oh, let's, egregious, you know, okay. Let's, let's get to the ones that weren't on there. Cam Sexton. Yeah. Bren Renner. 100%. Um, no, that's, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Well, and TJ Yates. I TJ mean, Yates. Yeah, TJ Yates, don't forget him. Um, yeah. Chris Keldorf. Like, like, there we go. Tre like, Trevor Lawrence has to be over there, uh, over, over, uh, yeah, who? Over Lamar Jackson. Like, uh, and look, Lamar Jackson's Heisman season was fun. The most games he ever won in a season were, were nine. Like, you played in a spread offense in an era where no one really plays elite-level defense. So, the numbers have an asterisk beside it. He never won anything. No, they don't have an asterisk, but I will say if you were to put Trevor Lawrence, if you were to put one guy over someone, that is the exchange that you would make. And it has to do solely with the championship. Because Lamar, remember, his second season after his first Heisman, there was some kind of, there was a redundancy feeling. It's the same thing Jokic had with not winning a third MVP. Joel Embiid legitimately won that. But there was that type of voter fatigue where they didn't want to go with Lamar Jackson again. And then if you go in hindsight and kind of look at his numbers, it does look like he could have had another case because maybe he even played better the following yeah. year. Those two seasons Lamar had at Louisville they were, were sensational yeah. and put them on the map. I don't have a problem with Jackson, but Trevor Lawrence is the guy to consider. Yeah, so our honorable mention, we do pick three honorable mention guys that we throw in there as well. 
Uh, Phillip Rivers is in there. He was number 26 on the Bleacher Report top 50 quarterback list of all time in college football. Uh, also had Chris Winkie on there, the 2000 Heisman Trophy winner from FSU. Also uh, won a ton of games there as well. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence, of course, 34-2 and two as a starter, 2018 national champion. Those were our uh, honorable mention guys. But when you talk about who people like to bring up the most as far as being a, a part of the four, it was Trevor Lawrence and Phillip Rivers. And Trevor's my guy. You know that. But I just had a hard time. Like I said, Lamar, that Heisman, I mean, that's just the trophy of trophies in college football to get. So it's hard, especially when you're the youngest ever. You talked about the numbers he put yeah. up. I know the wins weren't there. And then Deshaun, it would have been hard as well because Deshaun was the first one and his numbers were crazy too. With so, the offensive uh, line Lamar had, one of the worst right, in college right. football. You can't name many receivers that he had, if any at all. Like It's not like Louisville was How dare you stacked. disrespect Reggie Bonifant? Right. Okay? <laughs> Converted right back. There's, there's Kirk Patrick. He had good receivers, but they weren't, you know, world beaters. Not guys that you remember to this day. I remember them because I was covering them, but Quick and Kirk Patrick and those guys. So, mm-hmm. yeah, check that out. ACC Digital Network on all platforms. We've got four out. I put out offensive line a day, running back and wide receivers also uh, out as well. So check those out, man. All right. We'll continue to do this throughout the month ahead. We've got a lot of Mount Rushmore's to dissect. That was your quarterback edition. We'll read some of the comments you have on the other side of the break. Plus, we'll talk a little more about the Carolina Panthers. Another ranking on their weapons, and they are listed right at the very bottom. Does it all make sense? It's Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.